welcome to Tomb or Tome, a podcast where we try and write a novel in one month. I'm your host, Daryl. I'm Liz. <laughs> and I'm Ian. Whoa, man. It was a pregnant pause. <laughs> oh, editing that drama, are you? Yeah. Guys, guys, it is the 28th and Nano's going to be over in two days. So we're, we're basically, we're basically done. I think all of us are done, right? I was done last week or last podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you're spoiling. You're spoiling. Spoiling? Yeah. Spo- yeah. Spoiling. Spoiling. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to think up words to use. <laughs> <laughs> so you just use the same one over and over? No, because I was using it. I was trying to think if it's spoilering or spoiling. Because <laughs> it's how people say you're spoilering, like the spoiler. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said spoilering. People have said that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay, so... um. We're going to give an overview of our books one last time. My book is takes place in a fantasy land, and a man has to set out on a journey to find out why the sun stopped moving, and he has to kill the king of the land in order to get it to start moving again. Another thick, pregnant pod. Okay, so my singular book that is no longer part of an anthology is about this guy, and he finds a spirit, and the spirit gives him a special knife and a bag, and he's like, go drain energies from people, and I'll give you power in return. And so the guy starts doing that. Cool. My book is about a group of people that come from different walks of life, and they all get together and hop into a wagon, and then drive into the mountains and all die. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> That's, that's spoiler not, ring. Yeah, it's spoiler not that spoiler. Ring. It's called The Wagon Party That All Died. <laughs> the Fantasy Donner Party. Yep. All right, so since NaNoWriMo is basically over, this is essentially the word count that we're all going to be at. And so for me, I completed NaNoWriMo. I've gotten to 50,250 words. Yay. Golf clap. Thank you. Wow. I am nowhere near that. <laughs> I made it to 7,883 words. Yay. <laughs> Quoting Jeb Bush, please clap. <laughs> um, last time, the last podcast, we were, I was at like 10,000 something, and I wrote about 100 more words since then. So I'm at like 10,100. Yay. I'm not, no. No, you don't need to clap for that. That's fine. Oh. Technically, neither of you two deserve claps because you didn't even get to your target goal. Actually, I didn't get to my target goal of 60,000, so I guess no one should clap for me. But you finished Nano, and we did Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, my target goal is, what did I say, like 20, I think? Well, you said, I thought it was by like 20 is when you know whether or not you're going to finish the book. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that answers that. <laughs> Mine was 25,000 and ooh, not even halfway. <laughs> I was really hoping to make it to 10 by this podcast, but. Guess it wasn't the year for Nano. No, <laughs> no. I think maybe that's what the, the, the conclusion is. <laughs> yeah, because even though I finished, I hate my book. I really don't like <laughs> no, it. No, don't say that. Right, so, what happened is the last time we left off, um, I had to kill my mentor character for my main character. And we also had, uh, Wyron had met Tall for the first time, and he's with Anna and Nettie right now. And these are all characters that are shared between all of our stories. 
And then I had to have them uh, escape and then go over to the, the northwest part of my map. And that's where they met Clay. And then Clay brought them to... Actually, they didn't meet Clay there. They met someone that told them where Clay was. And they had to go rescue Clay in this murky kind of like... um misty swamp area that had been the land had been ravaged because it was the land's part of a dead god and so that part of the body of the god had been ravaged and what was in the sky like uh harassing clay he had been missing for two days it's this um think about like a fourth of a mile long worm called the murk dragon and all it does is it dives down and eats people and it's it's floats by using the gas in its body like inflating its body up so I got to do a cool fight scene with that and Wyron basically not being able to do much. Whereas Anna has become my warrior of the party, more like my barbarian. She just destroys things with her bare hands. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and then they met Clay, and then Clay brought them to Sweet Soil, which is one of the locations shared between us, where he was doing research about why the ground had gotten rotten there. Then they found out that it's because beneath the soil there was a flesh border. Yeah, flesh border. Yeah, flesh and then, border. And then after that, they had to sail uh, to the east side of my map, and they had to go to pretty much like the rich side of the world, where like all the um, uh, all the like oligarchs live, and all like the fancy, uh, pompous, rich people with all like their they like wearing like a lot of different colors and a lot of like feathery. It's almost like Hunger Games, the egalitarian society, and. I got to do, like, two different cities and show, like, the difference between them and give the lore and the history of the cities, how they're named after whoever founded it or whoever built the castle there. And in one city, they keep trying to rename it after their new leaders because they're like, this leader is better than the previous one. So now this city will be, like, eternally named after this queen or this king. And this was a bit of a stretch. So one of Liz's locations is the Tooth and Nail Ironworks Factory. And I changed it to the... It's like the bejeweled nail clothing department. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> not quite yeah. an ironworks. This is the problem. I don't have any ironworks that people need to visit ever. Where it's like here, I'm like, I need people to get new clothes. So I'm like, I was thinking tooth and nail factory to like tailor sweatshop to just a thread store. <laughs> yeah, yeah works at least it still <laughs> makes things i mean it's not even haunted <laughs> oh <laughs> was there a horrible fire there no it's just a clothing <laughs> store if uh if you want to know how bad i was spoilers i never used the quarry no oh, wow <laughs> <laughs> i mean you still you're not done with your book though there's still time well i mean i'm done <laughs> no i'm done with it it's still good <laughs> and so after that, that's where they met Sahet, who was the queen there, and she had, like, changed her name to avoid people uh, coming after her. And then she had the main character do three different test trials. One of them was he had to find a rose in this garden that was full of all just, like, white roses. He had to find a red one. That was a thing outside the box, and what he had to do is he had to cut open right below his elbow, and he dripped the blood over a white rose, and he turned it into a red rose. Wow. And then another thing he had to do was he had to pull this giant, like, stone. It was a test of strength. He had to pull it over to, like, this flag. and But it was so heavy, he couldn't move it or anything. So what he did instead is he moves the flag over to the stone, oh. since technically they had to just meet. And then the last trial she had for him is that she, he had to sleep with her. 
and then oh. he was like he was like no i don't want to because i i built it kind of to be like wyron and anna are the couple of the story so he he was torn on what to do about that and what would what she would be like but before anything like serious happened i mean he also like pushed her off because i wanted to, to be like not like what would he do it's like he's clearly being like no i'm not going to do this and she's like what it's not like a trick like the others i'm being serious about this but before that happened, Tall and his army came into the city because all the capital leaders, she's a capital leader, all of them are supposed to surrender the city to him so that he can start, like, digging for flesh borders to let out spirits in each of the regions. And then I had to do, like, a stand down between Tall and them, and then they got arrested. And then they got brought down to the religious place in my world because, um... Tall did this thing where I wanted to have a part where the main bad guy basically speaks directly to the good guys before like the climax where it's like the last time they have a chance to see eye to eye where he's trying to explain what he's doing and they're trying to be like well you're obviously being possessed by the vile one who's the spirit that has the power to possess bodies and he's like no I'm not and what I want you to do is I want you to go into the flesh border I want you to look for the vile one in the flesh border before it passes over to the afterlife and so that's what they uh that's what he sent Wyron and the others to go do down there and I got about halfway through it to where he met the churning, which is the river of souls. It's like this goopy mass of like you can kind of spot body parts in it and faces and it flows across the ceiling of the cave in the flesh border. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And as soon as you start looking at it, you start being like pulled up into it without realizing it. And I got to there. And then what I did is I skipped ahead. And I wrote a little bit of the climax of when they fight tall inside of the day spire and i skipped ahead to the next act where it's wyron after he beat tall and became the lord of the land it's him going through different like cities and i wrote where he returns home at the very end and he has to talk to one of his uh friends that had killed a rich man in order to survive and eat the food because I, I tried to make it as time was going on, the sun was clearly ravaging the land, you know, it was drying up ravines, it was killing crops, animals like fish in the sea started to die. So this was like an apocalyptic scenario. And so I wanted to do something where it's like, what would happen when a poor person who has no money and can't now afford the food, like they would naturally, you know, you'd try and kill the rich in order to take all their supplies for the good of the commune. And so it had to be Wyron essentially being like, I can't absolve you of your sins because, like, we have to obey the laws. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> wow. that's so quite a conclusion. Wow. So went up to Robin Hood and he was like, well, you go to jail. Well, well yeah, because a big part of it is just, like, what makes a good leader and a bad leader. And I, I, it's hard because, I like, I don't exactly know if I want it to end on a very authoritarian note. It was more like... <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happened <laughs> well it's more like you have to live with the decisions you made kind of a thing that's what his story was reflecting into um his friend wow that got really dark <laughs> that was unexpectedly a dark twist <laughs> well i mean the whole story is like a lot of parts of it are really dark you know anna gets killed by uh, Tall at the end of this story, he slits her throat, and Wyron starts apologizing to her. She's bleeding on the floor and gagging, or wow! not like gagging, but like gasping for breath. Huh. This book's a lot darker than it sounded. <laughs> I mean, I wrote the book, so what did you expect? But I thought you were writing a fun adventure, like to no, break no, it away. was it was never supposed to be like fun. It was supposed to be like there's serious repercussions for all of these things happening. Man, 
I think I was just too caught up on the hero story and kept thinking of the animated Hercules, and I was oh. like, it, it'll be a good time. <laughs> oh no, I pictured, you know, it's something closer to like Lord of the Rings. James Woods is tall, and <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember the hobbits returning back to the Shire and then imprisoning everyone in the Shire for trying Bilbo. to. You yeah, hit the ring, Bilbo. <laughs> yeah, you lied, Bilbo. Off to jail. Yeah, that's another thing I'd have to rectify looking back through it. It's like, are those scenes too dark for that book kind of a thing? Yeah. Man, that got intense. <laughs> Maybe I was channeling my anger at the book like I felt like it was killing me. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to kill you, book. You're killing everyone in it. Wait, yeah. so how, how much more do you think you could add to it then? You said you jumped between acts. Yeah, I have to flesh out after Wyron, because I didn't even write any of the stuff of him actually seeing. He thought he saw Horus in there, but he, I, I didn't write out anything about like the Horus stuff or him escaping, like the uh, Tall's men, like being captive and everyone else being captive. I didn't even write that Sahet was immortal. That's her power, and. I didn't write anything of them trying to infiltrate the Day Spire, that there was a guy that was supposed to betray them that was part of their group. Like, I didn't do any of that. And I didn't do any of where he goes around other cities as the uh, Lord of the Land. Just to see, like, just have people, like, thank you, and then I also want people to be, like, F you for having this happen. Mm-hmm. How, how many more words do you think that would be to finish off? 20,000, probably. Okay. And then again, this is my book has it's still way too bare bones on character development, so I'd have to flesh out a lot more because there was barely there was one moment I was able to write between Anna and Wyron where she was apologizing for being rude to him when she first met him, and that she understands him just like a little bit better that you know he does have this big burden on his shoulders and that he misjudged her too, like and a mutual understanding of uh, false judgments. Wait, so was the rest of the book pretty much just people doing things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. There's, there's barely any character development. The most character interaction, like dialogue stuff, is when Wyron asks a question about a city in order to build the city's lore. Or, like, the, the puzzles or the, you know, the, the tricks people were playing on. Oh. Okay. There was no character-to-character moment outside of that one that I wrote with Anna and Wyron. Huh. Everything else just served the plot to move it forward. Which was my biggest problem with this book, is it just feels like an endless, like, plot point book rather than... Like, Wyron really doesn't have that much of a character to him, and he's the one that I wrote about the most. So it sounds like if you totally fleshed it out, did all your character development, it, all the plot that needs to be on, you'd have, like, double. You'd have about 100,000. Oh, really? Yeah. If I if I was to do it justice, it'd be three times as long. Like, it'd be around 200,000, possibly. That's what most of those, like, big fantasy books are, is it's just, like, a ton of, like, really... Like, that's, why, that's why people love those books, is it's always yeah. just a lot of, like, really comfy character development. Do you think you'd split it at that point, or you'd still just leave it as one whole book? Yeah, that, that's a really good question, and the thing is, I just, I wanted to do one book because I didn't want to work on it a long time. Because I have another idea in my head for a fantasy world that I know is already going to be multiple books. And now looking at this, it's like I don't want to get caught up in a project that before, like my my dream baby project. Like I just want <laughs> I want this baby. to be like a one and done kind of thing. Mm. So it's like for the story, like maybe it'd be better. I also I don't know where I'd cut it. Yeah, to make a part two. Yeah. All right. Is this the wrong section? But can I ask questions about like I don't know lessons you've learned? Well, we'll we'll save that for after. All right. 
Yeah, I gotta describe all the 200 words I've written. (laughs) You wrote more than that. I thought you wrote a couple thousand. I think I wrote like a thousand uh, since last we spoke. So last time, I think my book ended where Tal was basically just draining from Anna and Nettie was trying to figure out who was draining from Anna. (laughs) That's right, yeah. Um, and so what I've written since then begins with Tall draining from Anna. And then he goes into the bathroom and he kind of has like a little bit of body horror where like some of his skin has rashes on it. It's like sloughing off. It's kind of gross. And then he, he gets a little concerned and he's wondering if what he's doing to Anna is wrong and if it's causing her to get sick. And he remembers that Clay Sparks is doing... Um, a lecture at Anna's college and he's doing like a lecture on spirits and so he's like oh I'll go ask him if he's ever heard of the spirit I'm dealing with or what his thoughts are on it and so he goes there and he ends up talking to Clay and Clay basically tells him that it sounds like the spirit he's dealing with is one that caused the fire at tooth and nail 200 years ago and oh like no the few people that made it out alive described the horrible thing and it's also been, like, drawn and described in ancient writings as being the devil, essentially. And then, and so Tal's listening to him, and at first he's, like, getting a little weary, and then suddenly his mind shifts, and he's like, wait a minute, does Clay, because Clay's like, you need to give back the knife and the satchel and never speak to this thing again and just get out. And he's basically like, you haven't drained from anybody yet, have you? And Tall is thinking, and he's like, wait a minute, maybe Clay just wants all the power for himself. Oh, man. So he gets a crazy glint in his eye, and he ends up bludgeoning Clay to death. With what? He picks up a paperweight that's on his desk. Yes. Yep. And then uh, and then he, like, cuts him open, and he takes all, with the with the spirit knife, and he takes all of the orange goo that's, like, spurting out of him, and he runs away. And... The next scene that happens, I barely wrote. It's just where it's switching back over to Nettie's perspective, and she says that she passes by Tall, and this is when she's gonna realize that he's the one that's doing this because of her oh. like spirit vision, where she can see that it's him. And, th- and that's where I had ended it for now. Cool. I uh, last time we talked, <laughs> my guys were no need to preemptively <laughs> laugh. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry. It's going to be a good 100 words. <laughs> so that's, guys, come on now. Liz, he could have done a lot with those 100 he words. He might have. I wrote the end of my book. <laughs> no, they were sitting and it started to rain and they were on the wagon and they're like, oh man, spooky stuff's about to happen. And all I wrote was just them being like, oh, it's still raining pretty hard. <laughs> Can't and then wait like, for the spooky stuff. Yeah, 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 you think anything spooky will happen? That was it. Nothing's <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> oh. The end. That's, <laughs> that, that's actually the end of like the, our experiment. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow, so those are our books. Yeah. As far as Nano's concerned, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so now we're gonna do like a, a postmortem looking back. I mean, this is this is a pretty fresh postmortem for a number of us. You know, that yeah. we're still not even out of November, and we're gonna be looking back on it. 
Yeah, we could finish. Me, Ian, and I could finish this in two days, man. <laughs> We've got time. Got to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to talk about whether or not we want to continue the book and why and why not. And it starts with me, and I'm going to say right now, I don't want to continue this. And I, I don't want to finish out the stuff that I have to fill in. I don't want to think about this book for a very long time. And it's because it this book gave me a lot of grief writing it. And the sooner I kind of just like bury it, the the more comfortable I'll be with my writing. Because especially this, this, I didn't feel the passion for it because I didn't like writing some of the subject matter. I'm not good at descriptions. I'm not good at like uh, doing lore building in interesting and like non-intrusive ways and i really like character interactions and dialogue which i could barely do in this book my biggest problem is that when you have like one setting to work with you can really flesh out a lot of stuff and i had seven different settings here that i had to jump between and try and like try and work out individual things for all of it i had to keep pushing the plot forward but like not like in a natural way being like, okay, now it's like, it's time to leave. It's just like, and then they go. Mm-hmm. And this, this book takes so much work that if I was going to continue it, it's one of those where I'd have to start a lot of it from possibly the ground up. You know, I'd have to change a number of things I'd have to look at. Like I couldn't even write any of the them infiltrating the day spire to go fight tall because I had no idea how that would even work. Because I'm like, how many people would they bring in there? How would they do this what is the building like how would they use their powers why is it only them that can go in there it was just a whole whole mess a whole slew of problems did it feel like you were living in your book and the sun just wouldn't go down and you couldn't <laughs> stop of. writing you know, i actually never drew that comparison while i was writing <laughs> until you mentioned it. i'm like that's a good point the long day yeah it's slowly draining me of my life yeah so do you think that you would write your other fantasy book now that you've gotten a taste for fantasy? Probably not, actually. I, all this did was make me not want to write no. fantasy ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but again, a difference with that is I would be... That is three different regions instead of seven really diverse regions to jump between. And that one follows seven characters that I could jump around. And I want it to be more of a character thing rather than like, I have to hit this and this and this. Like, I have an end goal for that, like, where uh, two groups of characters will end up currently. But, like, I can take my time, think about it more, like, every plot point I wanted to hit. Whereas here, I, I kind of, I drew the map first, and then I was deciding what I wanted to kind of happen. Like, how they'd interact with each of these regions. Instead of being, like, what would best serve the story. But the biggest problem is I... It's just hard writing in third-person fantasy and hitting, like... Especially if you, you just read other fantasy writers and you're like, I'm not at this level yet, and I kind of don't want to try. So this was your least favorite nano? Yeah. It's also... The differences with this one, I was destined... Like, I, I told myself I had to finish this. I was, like, forcing myself to really finish it. Whereas one of the other nanos I didn't finish, the one where I was doing Reflection Left, mm-hmm. which is my government conspiratorial... Uh, story ultra heavy physics yeah yeah quantum physics were in there i got to a point like fifteen thousand words in where i'm like i i don't enjoy like i like the character moments in this i don't enjoy writing the science and i'm not going to continue whereas this i don't enjoy like sacrificing the characters for the story but i had to keep telling myself to continue and it just goes to show me how much i hate working on something that i don't have my heart in Mm -hmm. and which was was a shame too because i felt like starting off 
I did have my heart in this. I really wanted to do it. I thought this would be really cool. And it just was not... Sort of like with how Ian felt, the more issues you had going forward, like the more you were like, I need to flesh this out or that this doesn't sit well with me, the more those you have, the harder it becomes to continue writing because you're not confident in your work anymore. But now, so I've seen written everywhere on like every website that has a, you know, a NaNoWriMo discussion. Everyone says like, oh, like it sucks now, but oh, it's so worth it just to get it down. Trust me. Trust everyone. Uh-huh. And it sounds like you're like both of us are believing like no, like it's not really worth it if you're gonna like have something that you don't even like at the end. Well, what's difficult for us is we're kind of thinking in the, to the extent that we would want to pitch this to publishers, you know. Yeah. Where we're not saying they're being like, I want a fun book for my friends and family to read. It's like I kind of want something to see if I can gain any kind of revenue from this. And it's like both of us are conscious enough of our own work to I think know and judge appropriately when it's good or bad or like in between to where like i don't know i just don't feel like we're gonna put out subpar works or we're gonna feel like proud to do that Mm -hmm. yeah like this book i I would let people read it if they really wanted to read it but i'm not gonna post it up anywhere and the other nano books i'm actually more confident in polishing and making into good pieces of literature than this one so do you think this one is like totally a lost cause or is it what you said just the amount of effort it would take to actually fix this and make it readable is more than you're willing to put in? It's 80% of a lost cause. Oh wow. It's, it's just too much effort for me currently like at this point in my life to even sit down and consider trying to make this into a book that is like it's readable that that I would be proud of. So you <laughs> Go ahead, Liz. I was just going to say something dumb. What? I was going to say, so you made a tomb. No, a uh, tomb uh, that is now God. getting tomb. That's what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. this this tome is my tomb. <laughs> okay, continue. I was going to say, because like, from your outline, like as far as like the cliff notes goes, that's that's a story that you made. Yeah, oh yeah, that's definitely a story. It's just like, there's so much like, there's so many little things going back and through. So like how you were talking about where you didn't, you don't want to um, write stuff sure. about the religion because you need to figure out all the religion. It's like my spirits were like half and half, like half of them could influence and talk to people. The other half could not. And there was no rhyme or reason to any of it or the extent of their powers or how many people knew of spirits. Like I, my world was supposed to have a lot of people communing and bonding with spirits. And at the end of it, I only wrote about like a handful of people that had spirits and their powers because I didn't know how to handle the world. If you had a bunch of people that, you know, could jump really high or that could see forever or that could like go back in time, like just any kind of crazy stuff. Like I didn't know the extent of the powers or how many people would have it. So it throws my whole world into kind of like this nonsensical chaos Man, that all sounds so cool. (laughs) I mean, but it's not when you're trying to be, like, very reasonable, especially when I had my outline of everything, and the thing I have to keep justifying to myself is, why doesn't everyone in the world gang together and kill the main villain? And why doesn't the main villain just kill the main character? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely tough. Like, I always have that problem when I watch, uh, like, some other shows, or, like, especially in anime like shonen stuff where you have this huge problem where it's like why don't the main villains band together and kill the main character and the reason is it's because the author doesn't want to do that they just want to do cool fights i didn't want to make my book out to 
to be like that or it's just like oh it's just building me up between the fight between Myron and Tall it's like no I want you to feel like Tall is really smart but he's also very like calculating sure but in order to do that it, uh, and there's just, there's just a whole myriad of other issues with certain parts of it too where especially like I need to figure out how long the long day actually goes on for and like how soon would people die how many riots would there be because I want to have dead people in the streets at some point or, you know, there are people, like, riding, and it's like, do now do, like, soldiers start fighting back against them? Do, like, what is the trade between the nations going to be like if this happens? I need to figure out what regions would have what food and where would they be exporting it to? And would they be, like, <laughs> trying to stockpile on that food and being like, we can't trade with you anymore because we need all of our food just to see if we'll survive this? Yeah, these are all questions that you don't answer in the well in the you can't be writing and answering questions yeah, you have well, to I'm stop writing, and think that's what yeah. I, I come up with these i'm like i gotta keep going though yeah so it's like Byron's like i wonder you know where are all these poor people like what are they gonna do because they're all out of food now and then i guess my answer at the end of the book is they get arrested i guess nano just really is not optimized for fantasy Unless you have, like, a massive outline. Yeah, I feel like some people can definitely do nano and fantasy. It's just, like, my thing, what I love doing a lot more is doing stuff of what would the main character do? I call it, like, a metaphysical mystery where there's something, like, really crazy going on. Like, let's say you woke up the next day and you found out you were, like, traveling back in time, but you could only stop it at certain, like, parts. It's, it's sort of just fun stuff like that. Like, what would the main character do about that? Well, and I think the way that other people make fantasy work in Nano is they're not reinventing the wheel. Like, you're oh, yeah, to I, I absolutely did not want to use a lot of fantasy tropes in that. Yeah, because if, if you had, like, you know, castles and orcs and goblins and fairies, like, you could very easily make a workable fantasy book that way. Mm -hmm. And then he gets the sword, and then the evil king. Yeah, it's, it's always easy when you have, like, prophecy and that stuff. Like, only one character can wield this sword, whereas my story's ex low. There's, like, no prophecy throughout it. And everyone's supposed to be their own, like, agent and actor in it. There's not supposed to be, like, we brought you here, you know, to kind of... I mean, that's what my mentor character was doing with Wyron, but I had to have reasons. It wasn't just like, you're the chosen one. It's like, I chose you because your spirit can devour other spirits, so what we're going to need you to do is you're going to need to devour Tall's spirit so the rest of us go in there and we can fight him for you. Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah, and it was just so frustrating writing it and being like, I haven't solved anything, and then you have to start making decisions on stuff you haven't even... You haven't even solved, yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, when I was looking at my world, and they because he travels all around it, like, why doesn't Tall put up guards in every city? Because he keeps having to stop by cities. So I'd have to start putting in things where he's, like, ducking guards. But then it's like, if he kills a guard or knocks them out, wouldn't they go back and send messages to him that they're over here or trying to figure out what they're going to do next? And then it's, I, I don't even know how messages work in this world. Like, do some people have spirits that allow you to fly and then they act as messengers? Or do you use birds? I guess they'd use birds. But then how does the long day affect the birds if it's always sun out? You know, and it's yeah. like birds are hard. Because animals would probably be going crazy because they don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's oh. just like spiraling wow. down into... And I was all alone, <laughs> just sitting, <laughs> sitting in my bed, typing this and losing my mind, being like, I hate this book. 
that you made a cover for it that means look it you finished it means you have a higher chance you have like a 60 percent higher chance if you make a cover for it which is why i was like you know i got a cover i love i love covers for books yep Oh, I like how your uh, your spiral into insanity there all stemmed from how do how do messages pass in my world? <laughs> just one simple question that like pe- most people wouldn't even pay attention to. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's like everything in the world was a straw that broke the camel's back for me. I guess I just I I still don't know why like you would be. It feels like this is the process though that you didn't like and not the actual like fantasy. Right? Yeah, but the thing is, like, a lot of other times when I work on other things, I'll have, like, a through line to the goal that I want to reach. Like, oh, this is how I'm going to fix this. Like, if I'm drawing something, I'm like, oh, how's this fight going to resolve with this character and this thing? I'm like, oh, I'll just do this and it'll be done and stuff. But because you have to, you can revise writing so much. And not only that, but, like, there's so many degrees of work I have to do. It's so daunting. I don't want to think about it kind of a thing hmm. where there's just so much to work on where it's like every other thing that I'm working on, like every other side project has a clear like goal to being a refined piece of art that I'm proud of. Whereas this is like, it, this is right now. It's just in the weeds. I just can't get out and it's not keeping me optimistic if I was going to continue working on this. Sure. Yeah, I feel like you might feel better if you go back to it, but I feel like it's left such a bitter taste in your mouth. You're not even ever gonna. Well, even with stuff that I feel very bitter about, um, like I feel like I could look back on this more with pride. I mean, the the real bad stuff is usually I get mad when it's a bad message. So, for instance, like maybe some of the stuff I wrote in high school, or some of the stuff like I wrote or drew in like middle school, where it's like all that stuff. Sometimes you can see ambition, but sometimes it's just a bad message. Whereas, like, I'm more confident in this being a good message outside of, like, uh, arrest the poor people <laughs> at the end. Arrest the poor people that were evil. Yeah, you can look at it and be like, I should focus more on this. Like, I'm not, I'm not too, like, too ashamed of it or anything. It's just thinking about finishing it and making it something I want to publish that's driving me mad. What about you, Liz? Yeah, Liz, what about you? Are you have you been driven mad too? Are you um, gonna join me in the flesh border? Definitely was not spiraling into insanity alone in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh I I I can definitely pretty much like eighty percent sure that I will finish this book just because I am extremely close to having it done. So I feel like Well and also before you started you told us that you had been running to write this book for a while. Well, I wanted to write my other short horror stories. This book I specifically came up with for this nano, the one. That oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, yeah, because I had to fit. This was the one that I was going to fit all of our intertwining, like characters and settings oh, into. Okay. Um, but this book, I'm just so close to being able to. I I, I feel like I have probably once I get to ten thousand, I'll be done with it. So. A uh, thing we had talked about before between me and you, Liz is we talked about going back through and you like just deleting sections you didn't like because you're trying to trim it down because you don't feel that this is necessarily a long story or should be a long story. Well, yeah, because this originally had been just an idea, like a very small one-sentence idea about a short story, like, you know, three-page short story. And then uh, I expanded it so much once we decided that we were going to share characters and settings and I expanded it 
to try and fit all those and I feel like it's just ballooned up past what it originally should have been. Um, sure. But I'm not, I don't know. I think I'd write the rest of it and then go back later and figure out if I do want to completely edit it down to just being like 3,000 words or if mm. I just want to leave it as somewhere in between a novella. <laughs> Remember, short stories do go up to like 10,000. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd include it in my anthology then, though, because it would be way longer than anything else I was intending on writing. Yeah, but some sometimes some people have like short stories that just dominate most of the uh, the pages in a collection. Yeah, I know Ian brought up Lovecraft last time. I don't know. I'd have to see how I feel about it. the other thing too. Is that I feel like my other ideas are pretty creepy, and this one so far hasn't been the creep creepy. factors low. Yeah. It's just been body horror, basically, right? And barely even that. I was actually talking to Dee before we started recording, and <laughs> I had made one of the powers that Tall got is that he can't feel pain. And then when I went to do the body horror stuff, I was like, well, wait, he can't even feel any of this. Wow. <laughs> so then I don't know but if But it, it could... could still, like, look creepy to him. Like, he could be like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah, but I, I completely killed his nerve ending, so now I don't know if I should go back through and delete that so that he can at least feel some things that are happening. Hmm. Because my, basically, I'm just going to explain the ending of my book, because if anyone listening is interested, they get to know now. Um, <laughs> basically, I was just going to have it where he's slowly being hunted by Nettie, and he keeps draining from Anna, and I was going to have him probably murder one other person. I don't know who, though. At the end of the book, I was going to have it where he is slowly transforming and getting grosser and weirder. And he was actually going to end up being that demon that he had met. And the demon was going to end up looking like him at the end. And so the demon was basically going to walk around and take his place. Oh. So you just switch places. Yep. And he'd just be trapped as that weird demon thing. Did you have a reason for why the demon wanted to be like him or be in the human world? Yeah, I I mean, I figured that it would be able to, because I kind of wanted to make it where it was trapped where it was and that it couldn't really, uh, just, I just feel like it would benefit more from looking like a human because it was called, its name is like the Deceiver. Hmm. And so like Lucifer. It, yeah. <laughs> so basically it could get closer to humans and do more with them if it looked like one. I originally suspected that the the demon was trying to make Tall its host. Not that they were swapping places. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty. It's nearly what I did. I just wanted Tall to go through some gross transformations and then just be trapped as this horrible monster because he basically had been acting like a monster. Yeah, you and your gross transformations—they're <laughs> fun to write. <laughs> that is true. It's fun yeah. having a character being like, no! What's yeah. yeah, what's happening? This can't be happening. So are you going to work on the your other short stories? Like, would you finish revising this one and making it to where it's done for you? Or do you think you'd jump over to the other short stories? I feel like I'll finish writing this one first. I don't think I'll edit it immediately because I'm not mm. even sure how viable it is. Okay. Uh, I think I'd like to start, I actually, I've been working on a graphic novel for a long time now, and I'm finishing that before anything. Mm. But then after I finish this, I think that I would like go through and 
probably finish most of the short stories because I think they have their ideas are more intriguing to me than this one. So I would like to get those written down. Um, should we move on to Ian? What am I supposed to be talking about again? <laughs> if you're gonna finish you gonna your finish? story, um, I might. Like when I think about my story and I think about like the plot points, you're not what filled I with do. endless rage. No, and I think it, I think it could actually be a pretty good story. I like how both of you guys stopping was like the right move to make. Yeah, whereas you like did it in all the way into anger. <laughs> yeah, I know you're. We're like congratulations, I guess. <laughs> And then you're like screaming your failures at us, even though you're you're angry and we're okay. Yeah, you're full of hate. No, I think the story yeah. worked pretty, pretty well. You're like and, that machine, and I have no mouth, and I must. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you about hate. <laughs> All right, sorry, Ian. No, it's okay. Uh, and unlike most of the other ideas I come up with, this one I think is a really good self-contained story. I don't need to split it off into multiple books, which kind of, which is the first time I've come, come up with an idea like this, so that that alone makes me want to kind of pursue it. It can just be its one single thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an epic trilogy or seven books or something. So where do you go from here after Nano? Now that all of the children... No, stop it. I'm <laughs> cutting that out. I'm editing that out. <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Where do you go from here with with Nano? Um, I, so lessons learned this year is if if I do a Nano again, I'm gonna have I, I want I think I'm gonna have to do a uh, discovery writing one where you just start from nothing. Yes, absolutely nothing, or like even just like the German idea, like Liz, like I have a one sentence outline and then I'll write from there. That would be interesting. Because planning, I realized, because all I was was like, oh, I didn't plan for this. Like, what happens in between these two points? And trying to do it in a world that I was trying to write as I was writing it, it's, it was just way too much work. So you're getting too caught up on the planning? Yes. Way too caught up on the planning. Would you do fantasy still? I could. It's just, at that point, it's like what we talked about with these books. I would have to resort back to the like the tropes that I know, which would just be epic fantasy. Yeah. So to do discovery writing, you'd basically have to work inside of a world with an established like history and lore and mythology. Like it'd be like in our world, Earth and stuff. I would say like big picture, I'd say no, but for Nano, yes, because I don't, I think big picture, no, my oh, man. This is the thing, because, like, I'd start discovery writing, and eventually I'd be like, oh, what, again, I'd, we'd come up to that, what is the religion that I'm talking about thing? Yeah. And then I'd have to take time to start writing that, and that's not... That's why I was saying, like, to to do it successfully for Nano, you'd have to be like, it's uh, Christianity, that's what I'm writing about. Yeah. Yeah, like, I kind of agree with that. If I was to do, like, Nano again, I would, it would be fun to do discovery writing, but I would have to have a world that's very self-contained and isn't so in depth i have to think of trade routes yeah I, either that or it'd be a really narrow focus in a world or it'd have to be just our world well yeah narrow focus might be cool too like if you're just to do one city yeah that could be cool. yeah um so you sound pretty positive about your book but do you realistically like anytime soon see yourself going back to um, it no <laughs> <laughs> uh 
again, the whole time I was just like, I should stop writing this book and actually work on building my world. So that that's probably the first thing I would do. And I, maybe I might go back. Because again, cause this would just be one single book so I could get it done. Yeah. Do you think you stopped writing because of just the pressure of Nano was too like constricting? Um, the pressure Nano was really hard to start writing like every, like day by day start writing but no it was just the closer it got to like thanksgiving like the worse it got at work the more f- family started showing up and being here yeah <laughs> and then i got sick since the last time we talked too so it was just like way too much stuff on top of other stuff yeah yeah which i, I know that's like kind of the point of nano yeah yeah but like to really- push through the busyness Right, but really, like, realistically, I only have, like, three weeks in Nano that I can actually do work. Yeah, because of Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, and then because it's busy at work, I'm, I'm like, literally sleeping when I'm not at work because yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah. Um, I actually had a question for all of us that was... Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, do we think that having... Our connecting settings and characters, was that a helpful, like, jumping off point? Or was that just kind of restrictive? Or do we, would we do that again? Hmm. That's, that's a really good question. For me, I would say that the characters were a really good idea. Because mm. I, I kind of liked having the pre-baked characters mm. and then, like, twisting them and everything. The settings felt a lot more restrictive. Yeah, I, I would actually I'd concur with that because I really like it's cool having a template of a character and seeing how you approach it, like how I was turning Anna into my warrior of my book or like um, how tall, tall was a monster in all of our books. Yeah. <laughs> Poor tall. Hey, he, he wasn't asking to be a monster in my book. He was, he was being corrupted literally a monster villain. at the end of <laughs> mine. Yours, yeah. <laughs> um, the locations were just it's hard too because it depends on what you want to do with your book. Because if you have a single setting, and like Ian provides the location of another town, it's really hard to incorporate it. Honestly, I think or genuinely, like yeah. other than just mentioning it in passing or not doing a lot with it. Like how with the tooth and nail ironworks, I did <laughs> yeah. not do any justice to it. But I was like, I gotta try and include it. So here tooth it and is. nail. You didn't do justice to the quarry. <laughs> Oh <laughs> well, I was gonna quarry. have that where that's where the flesh border was. It just I never said it was a quarry. I just said there's the temple that they went into because it would have <laughs> been they had to go into a temple uh, because I, it's a holy city. Yeah, the, the the characters work because we're basically doing like char- characters are universal. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's always gonna be somebody who's gonna want more power than they should have, and you can put that into inside any type of story, any setting, anything. But, like, if you do a tower that is made from the forearm of, <laughs> of a god, god. <laughs> that's very, like, there's no, like, Liz, you can't do small town America and have that. <laughs> yeah, or a flesh border for that. Sure. That, that's very, that's directing us down a certain path with a flesh border. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I would agree with that the settings are a lot harder to use than characters. Characters can always be tweaked a little but they still are have the heart of them whereas the settings yeah characters transcend time and space 
Yeah. Yeah, and then the other problem too is that I feel like it's easier to write in more characters than settings because for a setting you have to go there, you have to go there for a reason, things have to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't want it to just be mentioned in passing. Yeah. Like with a quarry. <laughs> Yeah. I should have had someone <laughs> run up and say, I came from the quarry. <laughs> from Beetle Quarry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what's that? He's like, never mind. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> no. let's move this story along. My poor setting. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad we didn't touch on magic at all that oh, we wanted yeah. to share with each other. Our Jesus. original. <laughs> yeah, because originally we were going to have each character have like a specific ability. And then we were even thinking of writing in spirits for each other, which I don't think Ian ever got to spirit. No. Well, <laughs> no. Well, that's what I, because I haven't figured out if if and what the magic system in my world would be. The fact that we were going to do spirits would be like super directing what that would be. And I would, did not want to have that because I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. So do you, do you think like as far as like settings, magic and all that stuff would go, would it work better if we all tried to write similar stories instead of trying to do like our own thing like say like we all like decided like let's write a fantasy noir and all takes place in one city it would be easier but i feel like we're still so different that we would naturally go off in different directions well and that's where it'd be interesting when we talked but like it'd be easier if we all contributed something but we all had to write the same basic stories around the same page as to the things we would... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like, if we tried to do a, a nano where we directed ourselves more on something like that. Like, beat by beat, we try and have a similar story, it's just we go about it in different ways. Yeah, I wonder yeah. how much more successful we would have been, too, if we'd all potentially, like, kind of made an outline together. I feel like at the same time, too, is we, we were reaching this problem when we were talking about, like, doing our books and everything. Is We have such different passions where it's like, could Liz have written my book, you know, or like, could I have written Ian's th- like that kind of thing? Like, do we really actually even want to write the same book together? Yeah, that sounds like a good, a good test though. A good test. No. Nano. Next no. year, 2018. Having to do this book, no. <laughs> you might feel differently in a year. No. <laughs> oh my Mark my words. Oh, wait. Oh, so that should be the next question. Are we doing Nano next year? Not necessarily together, no. but are we? <laughs> wow, not at all? Wait, what? No. <laughs> he is sword at all? The long well, as I always, to, <laughs> to be fair, every time I finish a year, I always skip the next year because I know I don't want to do it. And I, again, this is my fourth completed book, so I'm pretty like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to skip next year. Oh, I didn't know that you always skipped a year. Mm-hmm. I think there might have been one year where I tried to do it, the one after that, and that's when, like, Reflection Left happened. And then I was like, no. And then I skipped a year after that. Um, Or Reflection Left was the year before. I'd like to do Nano next year. I always say I'd like to do it, but then it always depends on what's actually going on at the time. Yeah, I'd do it. I just, I gotta be smarter about what I write. Yeah, me too. The difference between our responses is when I set out to do Nano, I set out to finish it. Rather than just write. Like, I'm cool if we're going to, like, sit down and write every now and then. Like, that would be fun. But trying to write 50,000 words in one <laughs> month is not fun. Yeah. Well, it it super depends. Because I think it was... When I did 2015's Nano, I was also... I was, like, super into writing. So I wrote... It was, like, 
think I did 30,000 words for that my nano book that year, but I wrote 40 or 50 in my other book during that month. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was super into writing. So I was writing two books at the same time. Wow. So I, like, I, I can do it. <laughs> I just... You just need really need to be into what's what you're doing at the time yes which i think what is what your problem was d right is it was a it was nails on chalkboard for the last thirty thousand words yeah the one of the biggest problems is i saw this as a distraction right now in my life i'm trying to finish up a lot of unfinished projects and get those like all done with and this was literally starting another giant unfinished project that would take a month to start and more many more months to finish well, so I was I was just in agony, like because I felt like I was <laughs> delaying all my other work to start a book I didn't want to do. That's what's kind of interesting, but also terrible about Nano is it's cool to like be like I'm gonna f- write and finish a book in a month. But like, if you're actually somebody who's doing things outside of that, dedicating one twelfth of your year, yeah, to writing something that you don't even really want to ever do anything with or or see again. It's like, that's an incredibly poor use of time. The most important thing to learn from this is to stop if you don't, if you don't like your story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, or like try and start in the first place with something that you're definitely going to be into. Well, it's hard because again, I felt like I was definitely going to be into this. Yeah. So like, so like when I say I do it again, I do it again if like I, if I've like done absolutely nothing all year. And I'm like, man, I should really make something. I haven't made anything in a while. Then I would do it. But like, I guess if I was like D, where I was, I was like in the heat of being like, I need to finish a bunch of stuff. I need to like, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. Then it wouldn't make sense to or do like, it. Um, I want to move on to revising my very first nano novel because I haven't revised that yet. And it, I'm looking forward to editing that and like seeing what I can do with that world or how can I can extend it or fix what parts on it and here this was just like just writing a bunch of stuff where i could have spent that time editing something i think i could pitch to an editor or a publisher yeah yeah there's we might actually be at the point where i don't know like nano is fun to do but maybe we'd be better spent actually writing whoa (laughs) yeah well i i would i would argue that what we should do is if we want to get like a book published, we need to stop writing pointless books and we need to work on the books we're supposed to finish. Oh, flesh I, border. I feel like <laughs> Nano really helps you though, D, because you may have a problem with procrastination. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you finished, you wrote a lot of other like books that you actually enjoy and that was from Nano. Yeah, actually, like, I Was My Stalker is still the big one that I feel Nano helped most with that. And actually, there was a big part of me that wanted to do that. Because I'm halfway through that, and I wanted to finish the other half. Mm -hmm. You know, technically, if I was to think about it, I might do I Was My Stalker next year. But that's it. Like, it'd be nothing else. So would you ever do Nano again? Like, not just next year? Like a fresh start? Yeah. Uh... Like this isn't. No, ne- never say never. Yeah, this isn't sour. Soured the whole thing for you. <laughs> I'm not gonna think about starting anything else right now. I just want to think about <laughs> finishing my things. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. Uh, do any of you know anyone in real life outside of us that was doing Anno? Because I don't. I, I knew someone and she didn't update her word count at all, so I don't think it was a. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how it went for her. <laughs> a successful attempt. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, dang. Well, most of us were tombed. We, we oh, all yeah. got tombed in our own way. Yeah, D was tombed, but still tombed. <laughs> hey, I was born in that tomb, and I never left. <laughs> and I'm and then as they slowly lowered that, that cover over me, I was just waving at everyone like, bye. It's comfortable in the tomb, man. Yeah, wow, this was quite an experience. <laughs> um, yeah, this was something, all right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I hope this has been an entertaining, revealing look into what it's like trying to write a novel in a month. Yep. Never try. <laughs> never, never or, try. I mean, some, some people can try and succeed. It's just... Uh, <laughs> no, Wait, we horror. don't scream that. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> yell. We oh. yell. Alpha der Heiter.